Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to talk about treasury. And uh, why treasury? Because, of course, this is something that the big corporates have to deal with. The big banks provide services to their corporates. And still, some of their processes are a little bit outdated. And they would benefit from digitization and the fintech revolution. Welcome today, um, the founder of Delega, uh, Ricardo. We're going to talk about his company, about how to simplify the signatory management between the banks and the corporates. And uh, we're going to find out how do they go about this and more. So welcome. And how are you today? Hi, Rui. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very happy to be on your podcast today and talk fintech. Great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? And I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you say that you are a treasury enthusiast. And it speaks to me because I worked in treasury many years ago but maybe not to everyone. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you become a treasury enthusiast? Sure. I mean, look, back in the days, my career, funny enough, was not starting in banking. My first job ever after university, I jumped into one of the big four consultancy. What this experience gave me is to uh, always trying to question things when they're not perfect and make them better. This is uh, need to do things in a different way, better, more efficient, and not accepting the status quo. That's how I started being in a professional world. And after that, I moved, actually, as a matter of fact, to big international banks, where my job was basically to deal with, with corporates, their needs, and, and especially in the cash management, treasury, and transaction banking area. And, and, and after that, you see that area is an area where a lot have to be done. There's a huge uh, upside potential for enhancement, digitalization, and the time we're living today is the post-COVID era is telling nothing more, nothing less that digital is not an option anymore. Digital is a must now, and our project is one of that testimony. All right. So you founded Elega in 2020. So what is your mission and what is the problem that you're trying to solve within the treasury context? Look, the problem and, and the pain point is the lack of digitalization in bank mandates. How does an international corporate, their banks, who can sign what on their behalf? Our mission is to fully digitize that process. And our mission again is to create a paperless banking environment. Eh? Because also we want to be mindful of what means pushing paper back and forth and having you know f- airplane and courier going up and down for one document. And we're almost going to Mars and there is room to digitize some of those unnecessary movement of paper. And that's our mission and what we want to set up here. So let's describe for uninitiated how it works today and what are you proposing to do? So 
if I'm a big corporate and I want to send uh, $10 million from Poland to Switzerland or the other way around to another party, of course, uh, to another company, and I need bank as an intermediary, how does that work in terms of signatory management? Well, it's an excellent question. And now we have to go uh, a little bit deeper into the technicalities, but I think the audience will, will definitely appreciate that. You see, signature is a very broad definition. There's many multiple different levels of, of signature authorization. Corporates can authorize individual to sign contracts. So they can grant you the ability to sign for bank guarantee contracts or the power of opening bank account without necessarily giving you transactional rights. So you maybe you're not authorized to make payments or you can have the other way around. You can have transaction authorization after a certain limit, but you can't sign contract, right? So that's the pain point that, that the corporates face. How do I navigate through the complexity of my delegation of powers and how I do make sure that my counterparty properly store and manage those information reflecting what I want the authorization powers to be. And today is a real mess of papers that goes back and forth. There's really a lack of a unified view of the data. So the two, if you want to call them improperly, database, never speak to each other on a technical level. Uh, nor on a process level. But let's paint the picture. Let's use an example. Yeah. So how does that work? I want to send the money. How does the verification work? Let's take a, uh, that example. Let's say that there's, there's company A that is appointing, one appoint Rudy to make a particular contract or make a particular transaction. So the first thing that has to happen that the process of empowering you has to be done. So the company needs to go through a series of requirements from bank one, bank two, bank three, and bank four. So they first need to know, okay, what document each of the bank want from me? So that's the first hurdle. Then you have the actual process of back and forth of paper. So the bank says, yeah, this document is okay, but I also need this and that. And then at the end of the setup cycle, you also have the need from corporates to always have an up-to-date picture of who is who. So they would be able to push a button and say, I really want to see who in t- inside your bank is authorized to do what on my end because my auditors want to know it. So that's what comes before the transaction itself, even before that particular contract or payment is done. But let's say we went through all of that. Then what happened is that if you sign a transaction, you sign a contract, more particularly, the bank has to um, look at your records that they might or might not have and make sure against that particular contract that they have, whether their book matched the authorization right that they have given you in the past. And that is also a very time-consuming activity. I'm trying to visualize it for people. So the request comes from a corporate to the bank, uh, send this money there. They have a book where they have a square, and the square they have the signatory uh, specimen, correct? It can be a lot of things. So it, it, for Some of the transactions may come electronically, and, and that goes, tend to go relatively fast. The real sort of hit comes when it comes to uh, contracts and, and written instruction of any forms. That's where the, the party starts, because uh, in general, banks do not have an organic, digital, one-click database to access those those powers and to verify them. So when this contract hits the bank, on the other hand, the bank has to look as to access paper-based record or images, contract of type A, it match the authorization. And then you have also the part of the identification of the person. So does the specimen of the signature actually meet the image I have as a bank on my end 
So you have a power angle and an identification angle as well. All right. So let's talk about Delega. So how would your solution change that? The entire workflow of empowering uh, an individual in from a corporate perspective to have a certain delegation of power will be fully digital. So we will move the entire email traffic and documentation that sometimes goes on one bank, but also has to go to the other. And we will all put it inside a unique front end, which has an intelligent workflow uh, logic inside where every bank can tell their, can customize. So we're not going to be forcing any bank to change a rule as such. Every bank will be keeping their requirements or without the need of changing any sort of compliance or, or rule as such, but displaying the, the requirements to the bank as a unified sort of to-do list. So in, in a very pragmatic example, if bank one needs five documents, but bank two needs seven documents, maybe there are four documents of those that are in common. So we will make sure that, number one, when the corporates share those documents, they're only shared once. And even when bank three or four will come and ask maybe for the very same four document we, we just mentioned, uh, the corporate user will not be asked to, to share them again. They will may, be made immediately available. Then the- so you would be really a database or an intermediary between the corporates and the banks and whatever can be reused will be reused and it will be fully digitalized, correct? Exactly. But th- that's the first aspect. The second aspect is about storing of a full overview of who can sign what across the entire organization. So a big corporate has uh, one of the pilot clients uh, that we will launch a solution this year has 150 individuals that have different kinds of powers. And at the moment, these people are stored in a PDF that gets sent to some of the banks as a legally binding input. So what we're doing is actually reverse engineering this. So we're not starting from a legally binding document and then trying to put the information in a database. We're starting for the compiling of the information to database that actually generates a legally binding document that then can be sent to the banks. Because you see what is missing today is a one-click button or system where I can see exactly across my entire organization who can sign what kind of contract for which company. And today the company are fully relying on the banks to provide their information. But the problem is that majority of the bank do not have that information available at a fingertip. So there is a five to six weeks time frame before they can even get their information. But lastly, but not least, there is an operational risk aspect to consider. If Rudy, you will be a finance director in, in, in a company and with certain rights and you will be leaving the company. I've seen myself and everybody who has been in this environment can tell you that your name will remain on the books of the bank for a while before you actually get removed. So there is an operational uh, risk aspect that is is equally important because speed of adding about above all removal is of essence in making sure that there's proper governance around powers and about what company delegates to whom. All right, understood. So basically you said, look, when you look at the payments instructions, that's probably streamlined and digitized, but often the payment instructions also need to be accompanied by the contract that needs to be verified, and that's where the problem is. Correct? Yeah, that's one aspect. Or simply, uh, in corporate banking, com- company signs all the time contracts for products. So being, I don't know, in electronic banking or accessing Swift or FX transaction guarantees on the trade finance side. 
there's there's a, a number of paper-based interaction or contract-based interaction that happens in a daily uh, inter- corporate-to-bank interaction. Of course, which reminds me, I, I emailed my advisor at an unknown uh, Swiss bank and I wanted some research and then he responded nicely, all good by email. But then I got a letter in post asking me to sign that I agree that the bank will communicate to, with me by email. Exactly. So that was a bit of a surprise, I must say, after many years of banking, but fair enough. So let's move on because also I'd like to know, look, you mentioned the signatory verification. Now a lot of people have moved on from requiring a wet signature. They are okay with PDF. The free version maybe would just allow you to sign it, but no one would check it. The If you subscribe, then there would be some verification done by Adobe or DocuSign. So how do you uh, differ from them? What's your angle versus DocuSign or Adobe in terms of verifying the signatures if you're talking about the contract but between the corporate and the bank or could be between two corporates, right? Absolutely. It, it's a very interesting part of the equation, if you like, is the uh, exact interaction of those players into the ecosystem. Without going too much into the technicalities, digital signature is the future and acceptance is going to spread around in the near future. It's still not a full reality. It means that sometimes only certain type of digital signature acceptance or qualified, especially now within Switzerland and, and the uh, European Union, there is a way to enforce those contracts as, as legally valid, as, as good as we think if you like. But in general, e-signature solution, so like DocuSign, Adobe and the other, they take care of the how you sign, right? So they you put a contract in DocuSign or Adobe or whatever, you get it signed and you shoot it to your counterpart, which is fantastic. Compared to what we had five years ago, this is, this is a huge quantum leap step ahead. But in the again, back into the corporate to bank interaction, that only resolved one piece, which is I basically killed the pen with a digital pen. But in that equation, you don't have the element of the powers inside. So in other words, when a contract hits a bank, even if it's signed with a qualified signature solution, the bank still doesn't know in that process whether you as a signer were entitled to sign that particular guarantee or that particular contract. And that's where we come in. As a matter of fact, we look at these players as um, not as competitive, but as partner. One of the aspects that we will be launching in the pilot this year with some of the very well-known company with complex treasury needs is actually the integration via API with those players. Most of those players have open API that you can uh, tap into where we will marry up, allow me to say, the how you sign, which is what they take care of, with the who can sign, which is what we take care of. But from a corporate user perspective, you have a system interoperability. So in other words, you go uh, in an end-to-end cycle without jumping from one application to the other, and you make sure that things get done within the same application. Now, fast forwarding, it's part of our mission, and I'm fully convinced that's the future, where I see a series of player within, within an ecosystem, everybody with his own sort of specialty, that works together in in making sure that the process becomes end-to-end and not maybe like today is, which is very silos-based. Same would go, for example, digital identity providers. All right, understood. So who are your target clients? 
Well, our target clients are multinational corporates with that have more than one banking partner as a start. So these are the uh, counterparty that have been also part of our um, working group. We have launched in February 2020 when we initiated the, the, the initiative, a working group where some of those largest corporations have been part of, of the journey together with some banks. Because on the bank side, there is also a value proposition that can come, right? So our initial clients will be the corporates. That's where we bring value. But also we have we are in very adept dialogue with some of some banks, international banks mainly, because these are the ones that normally serve those international clients, to bring that side of digitalization efficiency also within their backend, essentially by allowing our API to push the data onto their CRM to make sure that digitalization of the information is actually possible. So moving from images to bits and bytes. Understood. Now, I get that this is painful process, right? And ideally, everything in the world that can be digitized should be digitized. But people prioritize, especially investors. If you were looking for investors, they would ask, how big is the opportunity that you're tackling, right? Is this problem worth solving as well? So what are we talking about here in terms of dollars or Swiss francs? What is the opportunity for this sort of solution worldwide or your target locations? You're absolutely right. People, company, prioritize, and, and, and you can't solve everything. You have to put priorities. A few, pay, a few data points. The treasury market, the TMS, so the treasury ERP space as such is a, at one point estimated to be a 1.9 billion by 2025. You have... In EMEA only, anything between 15 and 20,000 mid to large size corporation. There are 6,000 banks. It's a market with, with projection of stable growth in 5 to 7% estimates every year. In a banking landscape from a corporate perspective where 70% of those mid large size corporation, banks with anything between 520 plus banks. So there is definitely an, a need there, and the size of the of the ecosystem is also substantial. The other part that is probably worth to mention is the urgency. Before COVID and pre-COVID, for me, it is a, is a kind of a quantum leap bump in terms of, of prioritization. This problem in particular, before COVID, was always something that says, okay, but we, we should really... Uh, do something about it, but we have KYC, we have this, we have that, that we have to get, take care. After COVID, all the sort of digital interaction have become a, a huge priority for everyone. So there has been a, I've seen in, in my even banking side of my story, but also now in my entrepreneurial story, how corporates are now prioritizing this, how security has become also a, an aspect because some of the previous media were supposedly perceived as secure and people have realized that actually they're not, or they're way less than what the alternatives can be. So what's the technology behind your solution? The Delega application is a fully cloud-based application. Nowadays, there are clear signs that the banking, also on the bank side, the journey has started in that direction. The industry has moved from a ownership of platform to a, a decentralization of, of more precisely externalization of some of the activities. So in other words, 
Banks have started to move into the cloud as well. This is a journey that already started. Obviously, we deal with sensitive and, and important information. So we have made security at the heart of our solution. So we're basically working with those multinational corporates that anyway, before giving you any sort of piece of information, want to make sure that all your ducks are in a row from a security point of view. That means you have all your certificate, SOC 2, ISO 2701, and everything that comes with, with the requirements that they impose us. And last but not least, we have followed all the security standards like OWASP. We use encryption data at rest, and we use also, we rely on renowned cloud provider that provide also an extra layer of security on their end. All right. And you talked about how big is the enterprise management market uh, or systems market within the, the, the treasury. You've been in this space for uh, quite some time, apart from signatory management, which is your uh, child. Um, what have been the most remarkable innovations from technological standpoint in treasury that you have seen, or you think that they are just about the corner as well? that may be additive or complementary to your solution as well? Okay, it's, it's a tough question because, you see, from my perspective, there's not been enough innovation with respect to the possibility that technology today gives us. But to be also fair, we have worked in an environment where it's very complicated from a regulatory perspective. So banks have to operate with compliance of very strict rules that the regulators give them. So if I can name an innovation which has been brought in the, in, into the banking space, I can definitely name, for example, something like Swift GPI. So what is Swift GPI? So G, Swift GPI is the equivalent of in payments of what uh, UPS or DHL tracker is for you when you send, uh, I don't know, a present to your brother. Uh, you know exactly where the package is every step of the way. Hard to believe, but until a few years ago, that was not available in the payment space. So when you send some money from Zurich to Singapore, you work with bank A and I am the other guy in Singapore and I work with bank B. In between, you might have bank C and D that hand your payments before you reach bank. And that transparency of where is my money, who is handling which part, and also who is taking which uh, cut of the fee was not an information that was available for the corporates. So in other words, you're sending a package and you have no idea, or you used to have no idea, uh, where is it and who is charging me for it? All right. So of course, it's a payments, whether Swift and incumbent came up with a great innovation, a lot of people working at payments, but the treasury is also about cash flow forecasting, as you said, management of export trade finance, right? Things like this. A lot of people are looking into blockchain solutions there. Anything in that space that you that you like? Yeah, we have been in touch with a blockchain-based consortium with a solution around digital identity. So back to your question, I think that is the area where the most urgent and also possibly tangible innovation can come, where uh, a series of trusted parties can work together in digitizing the identification process. So the step that you have to go with your bank when you open a bank account, they want to know who you are and they want to make sure that you is you. That part is, a, is an area where I, I see the highest possibility of a change 
some of the solutions are already starting to put their head up. And basically, you can take your identity with you, whether you work with one bank or the other. And the check that you have already done in the past, you can take it with you within every financial ecosystem partner you might want to interact with. Hopefully, very soon, this will be quite commonplace. So moving on to you again, you started in 2020. Where are you on your journey? What are the milestones for you this uh, this year? How, where are you now in terms of a, t- a team build out and, and potentially funding and hiring? Let me start from the product and the clients, which are always at the art of, of my attention. This year, we will be launching a series of pilots. It's large multinational uh, and some banks will take part in cooperating with us in that launch. So that is supposed to happen let's say, between Q, Q1 and Q2 of this year. That pilot is the culmination of a series of previous steps where, like I mentioned before, we have worked together over the last two years with these corporates and those banks to really re-co-design a new way of working. Our team, which uh, has grown over the past years, is essentially fully virtual. We have people, key people in, in Dubai, key people in London, Myself, I'm based in Zurich. Somebody who's taking care of the marketing is sitting in Milan, allowing to really pick the best person wherever they are. Back on the product, we we plan to launch the solution with these corporates this year with a series of features that have been co-agreed and co-designed with those players. And so if you like, also the prioritization of the work has been done in partnership with with those corporates. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Ricardo. So... To wrap up, I just want to ask you, what's the best way to reach out? Who would you like to hear from most, whether that's potential clients or employees or investors? I mean, we want to talk to everybody. We completed our first capital raise. We are in the middle of our second. Um, so definitely everybody who is, from an investment point of view, wants to know more, please reach out to us through our website or from our LinkedIn page. We want to talk to corporates that want to take part in this journey and cooperate with the other corporates. That's the key of the success. The success is to work together and not work in an isolated fashion, but put together a a series of people that want to move things forward. So definitely on the corporate side, happy to to tell you more about our working group and, and how we are working together with those corporates. And also people that are interested to work with us, they can reach us through our website. All right. Thanks so much and uh, good luck to Delega. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceofintech.com. Happy to hear from you. Thank you.